Everybody, how are we doing this morning? Okay, that was very weak. How are we doing this morning? Hey, that's a bit better. One more time. Let's see if we can just top that, okay? How is everybody doing this morning? Oh, wow. Come on. I don't want to keep going because I feel like I'm going to be let down one of these times or something like that. Um, well, good morning, folks. My name is Pastor Aaron. Uh, I am uh, the youth and worship pastor at First Assembly in Medicine Hat. Um, it is an honor to be here this morning. I was actually here a couple months ago with my wife. We sat back here, and I played with Levi the entire time, and Pastor Matt's cool, fancy software bumped out on him that morning, if you guys can remember, and he was really hoping to, like, please me with it, and he did not. Uh, <laughs> aside from the cool little amen buttons, like, that's, that's pretty sweet, I do have to say, so feel free to interact this morning as we, uh, as we share and as we uh, converse about Jesus and all that he's done for us this morning. Uh-huh. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> The reason why, let me just clarify, the reason why this has come up so much is we were doing uh, VBS the last couple weeks, uh, last few days, and um, obviously I'm like in the back doing PowerPoint, and Matt has these like big fancy like amen buttons and stuff like that, and uh, Derek, can you hit one of those fancy amen buttons? Like, look at these, man, they're so cool, and I was just like doing this in the middle of everybody talking and distracting kids, and it was terrible, but uh, anyways, I'm so happy to have you here this morning. (laughs) Is he, he is risen? Yeah, he is risen indeed. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, nevertheless, folks, we are, we are so excited to be here. This is our last day here in Carlisle. And uh, sorry, that's an inside joke between Pastor Matt and our team and stuff. But um, really, really excited to be here with you guys. Uh, it's been an, a joy and an honor to serve your church family. It's been a joy and an honor to serve your community. Uh, and it's, thank you so much for allowing our team to grow and the space to just serve um, and the opportunity to serve in the midst of all those things. Um, we've had an awesome week. We had uh, VBS for a couple days, and we've seen some students come out and have a great time there, and we got to share the love of Jesus with them and through games and activities, through stories from Toy Story 4 and a variety of other things, and got to do a youth night this, uh, this past Friday, and we had a blast running around the town, the big metropolis of Carlisle, and uh, hunting for candy bombs and all those different types of things. Uh, we're not a terrorist organization, I promise you that. Um, we just love to share the joy of Christ. There we go. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, we're really excited to be here this morning. We, yesterday we did some work around the church and did some tidying up, and uh, it's been an absolute privilege to be here. Um, this morning we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, and so for us in our youth ministry, you know, our philosophy is super simple. Youth ministry is youth doing ministry. I, f- I feel that stems across the entire church. Like, the church is, church ministry is church doing ministry. It's being the hands and feet of Jesus extended and doing what he's called us to do throughout the Great Commission, right? And for us, for our students, it's trying to equip them with the tools and the resources to head back into school each and every single day with the idea and the motivation to extend Jesus to anybody, and sometimes that can be a bit of an intimidating thing because they just don't have the tools and the resources to do so. So we view our youth ministry as this place where students can come, they can learn, they can grow, they can experience ministry, do ministry, and so that when they get back out into the world, they can actually do it well and see success. Um, so one of the big things that we've tackled this year and has come the theme of our mission trip is this idea of tell your story. You know, whether you're an older person here in the room with white hair or whether you're a younger person with, you know, orange hair, um, pointing out at Logan here. Um, It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you come from, we each have a story. Each and every single one of us have a story that's worth telling. 
And it doesn't matter if you've been in the church since you've been in the nursery. It doesn't matter if you've just been in the church for the last week. Christ wants to, do, wants to write a story with you and him involved in it. And you see, sometimes as church folks, we can like, often keep our stories to ourselves. And we end up doing a larger disservice to our community and those around because they need to hear the miracles that have happened in your life. They need to hear how, how Christ has been faithful through and through. And I want to encourage you this morning and hopefully through our stories this morning to, for you to get out in the town of Carlisle and surrounding area and tell your story once again. And so we have some students this morning that are going to come share, a couple young adults as well, um, going to share their stories. And so the first person I'm excited to call upon, uh, her name is Kylie. Can we give a round of applause for Kylie this morning? My name is Kylie, and for those of you who don't know me, I just finished up grade 10, and this is my very first time coming to this lovely small town of Carlisle, Saskatchewan, so thank you, Carlisle. Um, And yeah, today, uh, some more good things to know about me are I love cinnamon buns, absolutely love them. I'm open to donations at any time. And um, (laughs) I also have a very hard time being vulnerable. So today, I'm going to try to break out of my comfort zone and share a very vulnerable part of my story with you. So please pray for me. (laughs) Um, So I was always told that Jesus loves me my whole life, but it wasn't until I was around... 12 years old, that that truth really started to become true to me. And when I started to really seek him out for myself, I started studying the Bible more and talking to him more. I was introduced to prophecy and really experienced a closeness with the Holy Spirit that I had never experienced before. I finally felt like I had a relationship with God, with God of my own, and it was great. I realize now, looking back on it, what God was really doing during that time was setting a foundation for my faith, and I am very thankful for that foundation, as it was not long after that time when I really started to struggle with anxiety and depression. (laughs) No amens for that one. Um, Yeah, and it it, it is really hard, and it has really challenged my faith, and I have, I'm going to be honest, I've spent a very long time being very upset with God. Now, going through this, I no longer felt a connection with God. It just felt like I was talking to a wall when I was trying to talk to him. I, he suddenly seemed like this far away, stone-cold figure who could not be bothered to care about me anymore, and I wanted desperately to hear from him. To know where he was when I was having a panic attack or when I couldn't get out of bed. Anxiety and depression really began to take over my whole life. I gained weight and lost weight on and off. I lost friends. My grades got worse. Eventually, I wasn't able to continue my schoolwork at all and fell months and months behind. Um, It became very severe. At some points, I was a real danger to myself, and I felt alone. 
And you know what? I still feel like this. I'm still going through this. I still get angry at God. And most days, I still feel alone. But what I really learned during this time is that feelings, although they are real and they are important, sometimes they can be kind of stupid. <laughs> and in those times, I have to remember what I know, that when I feel alone and forgotten by God, I know in the Bible, in Hebrews 13:5, it says that God will never leave me nor forsake me. I have to remember when none of the medications I've tried has worked, when none of the doctors I've seen has done anything, and when I feel like my whole future is going up in flames, that in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says that God knows the plans he has for me, and those are plans to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope. I have to remember these things, and I have to believe that this all has a purpose, that God, that this all connects, and yeah, uh, that's what I am trying to do, so thank you, that's all I have for you. Uh, we have a few people who are going to come, next I would like to call up is Jess, Jess come on up front here. <laughs> my hype woman in the front yes uh, well I'm kind of like every time I hear Kylie's story I'm kind of in shock so I'm just like sitting there I'm like oh wait I'm ne up next okay so um, uh, today I'm going to talk about how God has impacted my life spiritually um, God has blessed me with an amazing parents that raised me well and uh, me and my brother were very uh, well educated with scripture and our personal relationship with God um, when I was six years old I accepted Jesus into my life and six years later, at the age of 12, I was baptized with my brother. Um, I have been very fortunate in my life to have experienced such as missions trips and miracles at a very young age. So, like, me and my family travel a lot. So, I've seen other people get healed. Um, it would be much easier if I could just finish, like, sorry about that. Uh, it would be much easier just to say that, like, I've seen other people get healed and, you know, I was born to a Christian home, so... You know, that's why I'm a Christian, but you know what? I want to talk about why I personally have been affected by God. Um, I'm a Christian because I have felt the evidence of his love leading me through my hardships. I won't go through my entire spiritual life story because there will be a lot of unnecessary stories and I will get off topic very quickly. Um, I'm going to focus on my late childhood and how has it impacted my life today. A struggle that I have and that most people have is fighting the power of influence. Uh, when I was around five or six, I had this dream. I still remember it very clearly, and I will tell why after. Um, I won't describe the entire dream because it is very descriptive, and it would probably take up half my time. So, um, But I have to try to summarize it. So um, I was innocent. I was only six years old. I had not experienced, like, I had never watched horror movies or anything like that, and nothing demonic to correct corrupt my thoughts, right? So, well, <laughs> the dream was very twisted, um, very gory. There was a lot of very descriptive and visual 
things in that dream. And um, yeah, uh, always at the end of the dream, there was a woman asking how my day was. And for some reason, I would always choose the worst answer to get her mad or scared, even if I knew that, that it was wrong. And then the dream would uh, ended by get, me getting run over by a train. <laughs> and I would jump awake. Um, the reason I told you this is because I did not have this dream only once, but I had it around two times a month for five more years. Um, the, uh, the exact same dream and the exact same outcome. I would always choose to scare the woman and run. And these dreams became so bad that me and my parents would pray daily and immensely that the dream would not come that day. Um, I was confused as a child. I always thought God, why God would want this to happen to me so many times and for so long. I remember praying so hard that this would go away, and yet the dream would come that very night. I was angry at God, just like, just like how Kylie gets angry at God. I got angry at God because he wouldn't answer my prayers right away. But without me even knowing it, the dream started fading away with time. It would only appear once every year and slowly turn to never. God had answered my prayers, but in his timing and not mine. Through this experience, it has taught me that God needs us to be vulnerable at times to realize the power of prayer and how we must pray to the will of God and not our own. Amen. <laughs> God has put me through that for a reason. I'm glad he did because around fifth grade, um, my spiritual warfare had seemed to start up again. I had made these friends who had the same interests as me, like different shows and drawing and horror movies. Uh, but the relationships I had with these friends before I knew it actually became demonic. Um, influence had become a big thing to me at the time. It started out with simple horror movies, and then it became to swear like they did, act like they did, and think like they did. So I thought that the excuse I had to hang out with these people was because, oh, Jesus stayed with bad people, right? He, he, was, he influenced them. He didn't go around good people. He always went around the bad people, thinking that I would make a bigger influence on them than they, they did to me. Um, well, I was definitely proven wrong when I had an encounter with the Ouija boards and rituals. Uh, my friends slowly got into witchcraft, which kind of blows my mind because I was only seventh grade. Uh, I knew it was wrong, but being the curious person I am who enjoyed horror movies, I, en I joined them. Not only once, but a couple times, and I regret it every single time. Because not only did I open up spiritual doors and battles that God tells us not to, but I had sinned against the healing that God had already granted me by taking away my horror of a dream. Not long after my friends got into witchcraft, I had started experiencing evil dreams again. Not the same same one like that I had like before, but like new ones. At the time, I had not told my parents about my friends' activities because I'm supposed to be the good Christian girl that I've always been raised to be, and I didn't want to say anything, and I, wanted, I didn't want to stop either because I didn't want to feel like I was missing out. You know what I mean? So they did find out about it, but not in the way that they should have. Um, so I'm not going to explain what happened, but let's just say that I was alone at night and I experienced some demonic things in my own house. So I ran to my parents' room and I told them everything because I was screaming, I was crying, and of course, being the good parents they are, they told me not to hang out with those friends anymore, which I totally agree. Um, so I, I, it was like, um, yeah, hang on. They questioned me, of course, being the smart parents, they, they didn't let me see them for a long time. Um, after weeks of praying and keeping my distance from my friends, I had truly realized the influence they had on me. Not only did they influence my physical behavior, but impacted my spiritual life. Not long after the string incident, it was a string, um, I started having demonic repetitive dreams again. I, knew, I know I needed a prayer and I needed God to forgive me for playing with spiritual things I did not understand. I prayed and prayed that God would untie me from whatever 
was casted on me. And about a week later, God answered my prayer. I had experienced what I can only describe as an act of God's gracious healing, but in a dream. I was back out in the field, and like water, the film over the dream seemed to wash away, and it carried it down into the ground. I woke up that morning feeling ever so thankful. He didn't tell me directly in the dream, but I knew that I was forgiven. Um, Ever since then, I have never had any more demonic dreams or anything. And I'm still in touch with the people who have done this witchcraft, but they know well that I will not be a part of any of their activities and that I strive to be an obedient Christian. I'm happy to say that now half of the friends that were with me at that time have been to church with me, and I pray that I can continue to impact them. Um, I know that I will not let demonic or unhealthy relationships influence my faith, and I will be a shining light for God. Um, I still struggle with influence. We all do. Um, whether it's who we hang out with or what we watch and what we listen, we will, we will always struggle in life, but through every one, we will always have God with us. We go through struggles so we can gain wisdom and confidence in God's great power to deal with the next one. I'm happy to say that I've learned and gained confidence that God helped God can help me protect myself from spiritual battles and truly heal me through prayer. I'm going to finish off with like two verses that have helped me through this time. Um, the first one is Ephesians 6, 6. Uh, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The other verse is James 4, 7, 7 to 8. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. Next up, we have my good friend, Caleb Bezler. Come on up, KB. I've been told that you do this about two times, and it gets a little easier. Uh-uh, this, I, it has not gotten easier. And uh, so, a few things about me. My name is Caleb. I'm from Medicine Hat. I go to First Assembly. And I just finished my grade 11 year of high school. And I'm going into grade 12. And I grew up in a Christian home. And so, a lot of people, they'll come out with these really cool stories. And it's like, wow, it's crazy. But I thought that... I couldn't tell my story because I grew up in a Christian home, Christian friends, all, like, I was surrounded by Christianity. So I, I didn't think it was worth telling. I was like, people are going to get bored of it. It's, it's not worth it. And so, but it was at, a, it was at one of our team meetings that uh, I, nobody raised their hand to tell their testimony at youth. And I just felt like I was supposed to tell mine. So I went up to Pastor and I was like, ah, I guess I should tell mine. I feel like I have to. And so, man, was it, it, I think it was not as good as it could have been. Um, I was very nervous. And so, um, oh, lost my train of thought. That's awesome. <laughs> and so, well, the Christian school that I used to go to, it closed down, and I had to go to another Christian school. And I thought it was going to be all fine, because of Christian school, we're, we're fine. It was, it was a lot different than what I had thought it was going to be. I only had three of my friends that used to go to my old school come to that school. So it was a little challenging for me. So I had a lot of things that I had decided whether it was, like, good for me or if it was bad for me, like, on my attitude and all that. And so um, fast forward to, like, two years ago, one and a half years ago, whenever, like, uh, quarantine started. 
and I got shut off from everything. Couldn't see my friends, uh, couldn't go to church, couldn't go to youth, couldn't go to school, all this, so I was just stuck at home, and it was hard on me. And I started to drift away from God and started to just listen to music that didn't affect me very well and like uh, was really bad for my attitude and personality and all that. And so one day, I was going through a bunch of notebooks that I had in my bookshelf that I hadn't seen in like five years, and I found a verse in it, and I forgot about it. It sounds bad, but yeah, I forgot about it. And at the time, that was my favorite verse, and it's Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so that verse really helped me because... It, like, reminded me that whatever I'm going through, God is there to help me along. And, like, it's like there's a giant boulder in your path, and you can't get through it. But with God, it's like this little tiny pebble that you can just kick off to the side and keep moving on. Amen. Of course. Now, now I have to remember where it was. Um, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I knew it. I was like, no, i got to keep my train of thought. She's going to do it, but i got to keep on. No, no. And so, um, actually, at that time, one of the things I really struggled with was, why am I a Christian? And I, I thought, yeah, Christianity, it's all good. But I never really thought why I wanted to be a Christian. I always was just like, yeah, my parents wanted me to be a Christian. My, my uncles and aunts and grandparents, they all wanted me to be a Christian, so I'm a Christian. And so at the time, I had been listening to, I think I was at youth or something, and they said something about, why are you a Christian? And it just kept coming up. Yeah, like, it's because my parents are a Christian. That's it. That's, that's all it ever was. So it was a really hard time for me because I had to figure out why I was a Christian. And it was because that God is always there for me and he will help me through anything. And that God is pretty awesome, I guess. And um, if there's, I know this was a little fast. It was faster than I thought I was going to be. But, um. If there's, like, two things that I can get you to just keep in mind after this, it's that God is there for you whenever you need him and whatever you need him for, and that no matter what you're like, whatever you've gone through, whether it's, like, some huge obstacle or nothing at all, whatever it is, your story is worth telling, and it will impact at least, like, one person. You, You will never know who it is. They might not tell you, but it will impact somebody. So your, your story is worth telling. So, yeah. Thanks, Caleb. Next up, we have Logan. Come on, Logie. Get up here, buddy. Uh, hi, uh, I'm Logan. Uh, I'm from Mesonhead First Youth. Uh, I'm age 17, and I finished my year of grade 11 going to grade 12. And uh, just like Caleb, I grew up in a Christian home. And, and as we all know, as you grow up, you just decide, do I want to be a Christian? Do I feel like I need to stay, or is this something I want to do? And I have a few stories here to answer those, because like, I, I stayed, of course, and I, I love being a Christian. So um, my first story is when I was born. I was told this from my mother. Um, it was uh, in, on November 4th, uh, it was a blizzard, very terrible blizzard, and uh, um, I was born seven weeks early, and uh, my lung collapsed, so I was very, very close to 
brink of death. And I guess the doctors put me in whatever machine they put me in. Uh, and I know that, um, that God was watching over me and protect me because obviously I'm alive. So. <laughs> and my second story is about when I went to a youth event called Youthquake at this place called BriarQuest. It was like a university or something. And this uh, event is very cool. It's uh, so many Christians there, and it was amazing. And one day, we were all just standing there, singing and having our hands up, praising the Lord. And I I don't know why, but I I just felt a spiritual presence. My eyes were closed. I felt a presence, and I I, I had a tears and cry. And it it felt nice. It it was like a type of happiness, a type of peace, uh, hope. And not even this week. Today, when I'm, when I, while I was uh, here with the youth group, we were all just praying here sitting, and uh, we stand up, and we were all in a circle just singing, and I had that same feeling here this week, and it was crazy. I'm like, I thought I would never feel this again, but no, it was, I felt that same peace and hope I felt that day, and I, I cried a lot. That <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, now I have a, uh, I got two verses, and they're both from Isaiah. Isaiah 41.20, do not fear, I will strengthen you and help you. And then in Isaiah 40.29, he gives you power to the, to the weak and strength to the powerless. These verses and my stories help me show that I know I made a good decision to stay, uh, be a Christian, and that I know that God is always there, watch over me, guide me, and protect me. Thanks, Logue. Next up, we have one of our leaders that decided to come on a trip. She took a full week off work for this. Um, next, we have Christy. Come on up here, Christy. Thank you. Good morning. As you said, my name is Christy, and I am one of the youth leaders at First Assembly of God back in Medicine Hat. Um, But I actually did not become a Christian until about four years ago. I was in a very dark place in my life. I have always struggled with mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. Um, And I actually was such a danger to myself that I ended up in the hospital. And the doctors were trying to figure out my medication and just, it all made me feel really bad about myself. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, And then I got invited to a group that was ran by one of the volunteers there. And at first I declined to go. And then the next week she invited me again. So I'm like, okay, she's not gonna leave me alone. So I better go to this group. Um, And just going to that group, she shared her story about how God has changed her life. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that something so deep and dark could be changed. And I was wondering if it would happen to me. So she invited me to the church that Sunday, and I talked to my doctor, got a day pass to go, and I went. <laughs> when I 
first went to the church, I knew absolutely nobody. I walked in back of the sanctuary looking, where should I sit? I had the whole deer in your headlights look in your eyes. And one of the lovely other young adults came up to me and introduced herself and invited me to sit with them. And that's kind of where I learned that God can change you and heal you. And I seen a glimmer of hope and I just, it was amazing. But then I had to go back to the hospital that night and I just started to change a little bit and then started to feel good and the doctors actually let me go home for a night because they like to see how you're going to do when you're at home. And that's, I got really attacked that night. I unfortunately tried to take my life. Um, they, I, yeah, but what is cool is that God was working through me and his timing is amazing because literally a mi- like 30 seconds after I was on the phone calling the hospital like, oh my goodness, I did this, like help, help, help. They sent the ambulance, they sent the police and they just, it saved my life. Like it was God that did that. And the verse I would like to share today is Galatians 2.20. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I just, I love that because it's not, it's not I who lives. It's, it's Christ in you. And I just, I hope that this story gives you guys some hope and peace. Thank you. Last up this morning, we have uh, one of our interns at our church this summer, and her she, she goes to Trinity Western um, uh, Christian College University thing, education place. Her name is Kate. Everybody welcome, Kate. Hi, everyone. Um, so my name is Caitlin, and I'm in my fourth year of university. Um, So most of the time I spend my years in Langley, British Columbia, which is very different from here. Um, Love the mountains, (laughs) not the straight land, um, but it's awesome. Okay, so just like all these other amazing people before me, I get to share a little bit of my story with you. Um, So I'll try and do it as fast as I can. Um, So the idea of a story was like a foreign concept to me um, growing up because I honestly didn't think that I was worth a story, or if I did have a story, that it wasn't very good. Um, Kind of unlike a lot of people who shared before, I didn't necessarily grow up in a Christian home. It was very confusing. My mom was Christian, um, but my dad gave up his faith, and so I was kind of very confused. I didn't know if God existed, if he loved me, if he did, and it was just very confusing. Um, So other than that, I also had a very hard upbringing. Um, so my dad was very verbally and emotionally abusive to me. He would call me names. He would discount my emotions. Um, and I basically just felt worthless a lot of my life. I grew up just, like, hating myself and just, yeah, thinking that I was worth literally nothing. Um, so, yeah, those lies that my dad told me, they began to consume me, and I believed every single one of them. 
and I spoke them over myself, and I just had this constant negative voice in my head telling me how much I sucked, how worthless I was, and yeah, basically that I would amount to literally nothing. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of my growing up. Um, so when I graduated high school, I went to something called YWAM. It is a six-month mission program where you kind of just go overseas, you go away, you learn about God, you do missions, super fun. Um, at this time, I didn't go for God. I had no idea whether he existed, if he loved me, but it was totally God because I just wanted to get away from home. Um, so those six months were amazing. It was the first time I felt happy in like the longest time of my life. I could breathe. Um, I kind of came to the realization that God existed. I wasn't quite at the point of like, if he loved me or not, but I knew he was there. Um, but obviously six months ends um, and I had to continue on with my life. So I had to go home, had to go back to the hard situation, but I tried to hold on to that happiness as much as I could. Um, so I decided to move back to California where I was doing YWAM just so I could grasp hold onto that because I believed God was in the happiness that I was experiencing there. But obviously, I went back, and he closed literally every single door. And I had to go home way sooner than I imagined. Um, and so that was a very hard time for me because I was angry at God. I was like, this is happiness. Where are you? Um, do you not love me? Because I kind of associated God with my dad. Um, because I believe that if I was happy, God loved me. And if I was not happy... Um, that I did something wrong and that I, God was mad at me, basically. So this kind of put me in, like, a very hard point in my life where I kind of just, my mental health got really bad. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with depression. I struggled with a lot of things, and that negative voice in my head was constant. Like, literally every minute of my life, there was some negative voice in my mind. Um, but... And I guess, like, I was very angry at God that I was like, okay, you either don't exist or you just hate me. And so I was kind of, like, had nothing to do with God. I didn't want anything to do with God anymore. But even though I gave up on God, he didn't give up on me. <laughs> um, so he continued to chase after me. And a couple years ago, I think it was my first year of university, um, I had a friend who prayed over me. And it was probably one of, like, the sweetest moments of my life. Um, and I kind of realized that God, like, never stopped loving me, even when I stopped loving myself. Amen. <laughs> um, and then one of the verses that was spoken over me was Psalms 34, 5. I did not write it down, so I have to open my Bible. Sorry, friends. Okay, so Psalms 34, 5 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. Um, so this verse really stands out to me because I was in a point where I hated myself so much that I hid myself away from others because I thought that they would automatically hate me too. Um, so this reverse reminds me that like I should not be ashamed of who I am and that I should be radiant because of Jesus. Um, and so I have one more verse that I want to share with you. It is Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. So this passage is one that I, like, repeat over and over to myself. Whenever I feel negativity, 
um, because I still struggle with these things. I still struggle with this negative voice. I still struggle with anxiety. Um, it doesn't go away, but I know that like it pushes me closer to God because he's my only source of peace. So Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have, you rede- for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you. And this is the best part. Because you were precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. So just remember, whenever you feel negativity, repeat those words. You're precious to God, you're honored, and he loves you. Thanks, Kate. Um, I'm going to ask Michelle and Angela to come back up and uh, just kind of close us in a song in a little bit. But I don't know about you guys. I, I, I'm, I've heard these stories a couple times now, so I'm not as teary-eyed every single time they talk. But um, I don't know about you, but I, I, every story has power, right? Um, I hope for all of us in the room this morning, we, and those of us who are joining us in Redverse this morning, uh, like, we feel the power and, like, in some senses are convicted that, like, hey, like, I actually have a story worth telling, too. Um, we talked about this in our church last Sunday, and I talk, talked about Acts chapter 2, and we kind of sized up um, Peter's account with those who were outside in Jerusalem out of those who were hearing everything that was going on in the upper room and how he told his story. You see, folks, the reality is, is like, we're not here if people didn't tell their story. Like, the, the scriptures are literally littered. The entire, from cover to cover, is story after story after story and after story. And here's the reality for us this morning. Some people that you brush shoulders with at the bargain, 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 bargain shop, um, or at Michael's, or in your workplace, and throughout this community, family, friends, they've probably never cracked the book that we love and hold so dearly. And so our stories, while they never overcome Scripture, they're a complement to it. And they're to point people towards Jesus, point people towards His Word. And you see... We're doing our community, we're doing the people that are around us the biggest disservice if we think our story's, first of all, not worth telling, if we're too afraid to get vulnerable with people that we don't know and don't look like us, don't act like us, don't vote like us. You see, we need to be a church, and I mean capital C church, from Medicine Hat to Newfoundland to, to the Northwest, down to the States, across this world, we need to be a church, capital C church, that is willing to be vulnerable with the people outside. We need to tell our story. Each and every single one of us have to tell our story. Um, before we worship this morning, I wonder if we can just pray together. And uh, with, with, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd just l- love to pray with us this morning. Uh, maybe some things are resonating with you this morning and you're feeling a little bit convicted of the fact that, hey, I need to tell my story. I've been silent for way too long. And maybe there's even some people that are coming in your hearts and in your minds, even in this moment, that you need to tell your story to. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here in the room this morning. We thank you that you speak. We thank you that you're alive. We thank you that you are well. Lord, you're never satisfied with where we are in this present moment because you see how much better we can be. You see how much closer we can come to you. You see how 
better we can live out the calling and the purpose that you've put on each and every single one of our lives. And Holy Spirit, as, as we just have some vulnerable time in your presence here right now, Jesus, we ask that you would encourage us once again to tell our story. You remind us of how valuable you are, the purpose that you've placed on each and every single one of us. Lord, you just start to drop names and people and family members and friends and colleagues and neighbors in our mind who need to hear about what you've done in our lives. Lord, we pray for favor in those conversations. We pray for discernment. We pray for opportunities as well. Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, thanks so much for your word and for your church. We give you all the praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.